You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 72. I have a feeling that today's episode will have you looking at your business in a completely new way. If you're just getting started or maybe have had your business for a few years, you'll want to take a close listen. Today's guest will shed light on what makes a business a viable and profitable business. Be sure to listen until the end to hear Steve's special offer. Hi, Steve. It's so great to have you here today. Hey, Maria. I'm excited to be on your show. It's going to be a fun uh, chat, I'm sure, that we're going to have. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I feel like this episode is going to give the small business owner out there a lot to think about. Can you explain your background and how you developed your business? Oh, so my background, uh, I don't know how far back I should go, but uh, my background is that I'm an accountant. I became then an entrepreneur, building my own business, which was helping small to medium-sized business owners turn their good business into a great one and find investors for them. I did this for about 10 years, and then I sold my business. We moved to the United States from from Central Europe, where I was brought up. I, I grew up in Hungary, and then I worked and, and studied in different countries all over Europe. And and then when we moved here, I started working with the CEOs. I formed a couple of peer groups, and then I started working with companies, the leadership teams of these companies, and helped them get their business to a higher gear and essentially turn good businesses into great businesses. That's, that's my mission, and that's what I've been doing the last few years. I would say that some, if not most, of us, I find that we are accidental small business owners. So maybe we started out doing something we enjoyed and then that turned into a small business. Mm. What are the best steps to take to start organizing your business for success? Okay, well, that's a, that's a very big question. So let me start with Michael Gerber and the E-Myth. So if you are a small business owner who kind of fell into becoming an entrepreneur or trying to become an entrepreneur. Um, Michael Gerber, in 1986, he wrote a book, The The Entrepreneur Myth. And what he says is that it is a myth that most entrepreneurs, most People who are running businesses started out to wanting to become entrepreneurs. They were not like that. They were actually technicians, he called them, who were really good at something or were really passionate about something. And they started doing this and uh, essentially they turned into a business and over time, they try to make the business by hiring people and, and uh, becoming an entrepreneur. And what he says, and he makes the case that most small business owners have to figure out how they go from being a technician to becoming a manager and then from there to become an entrepreneur. Because what an entrepreneur is, an entrepreneur is a person that puts together resources and create more value with those resources. So puts the resources together, gets the financing involved, and then turn it into a more valuable proposition. So two plus two equals five or six. That's what an entrepreneur does. What an entrepreneur is not is a technician who is working in the business and doing the actual thing. The entrepreneur organizes it and essentially engages other people and resources to create an extra value. 
And that's what all of us small businesses, solopreneurs that try to create a business, that's what you have to keep in mind that as long as we are doing the thing, it's not really a business. It's just a professional practice, perhaps, or is it, it's, it's the extension of ourselves. It's the technician's practice. Maybe we leverage some outside resources. Maybe we outsource certain things. Maybe we even hire some people, some helpers, but we still don't have a business. The only way to have a business is to make that thing other than ourselves and teach other people to do this and, and create processes and pull ourselves out of it. That's when it becomes a business and that's when it starts to become valuable. Yes. Well, that makes so much sense, especially when maybe it's a hobby and then that becomes into something bigger. But a lot of the struggle that I think people have is giving up some of the control. So I can see what you're saying that that prevents you from growing and becoming a big business when you have to be involved in every step of the process. So it's not so much about giving up control because as a business owner, you have to keep control. So it's not so much the control, it's more about doing the thing. Because as long as I am, for example, I am right now, I'm a solopreneur, I have helpers, I, I outsource a lot of the technical things to other people. I've got eight or 10 people that part-time help me, but I'm still doing the thing. I'm coaching, I'm working with leadership teams, I'm coaching them. It's all about me performing the service that people pay for. So I don't really have a business. For me to have a business, I would have to be able to teach other people to do what I do and basically pull myself out of it. So eventually, the ultimate uh, business, and that's what I talk about in my book, Viable, is a business which becomes self-managing. So the first stage is I do the thing. The second stage is I teach other people and I manage them doing the thing. And the third stage is you don't even have to manage them personally because you are going to train someone else to manage them or someone else will buy your business and they manage them, whatever, however you do it. And you don't even have to manage. The company is self-managing. It is uh, its own entity. You created the company. You taught uh, the people how to do what you what you do. They can do it as well or close to as well as you could do it. And someone else managing it, that's the ultimate business. Then your business is value, but then business can be sold or you can pull yourself out and you can do other stuff and the business becomes an asset that is... Uh, creating value for you while you while you sleep, so to say. Well, what part of the process do small business owners have the most trouble with? A great question. So it is an incremental process and there are always challenges. Initially, when you're a solopreneur, your biggest challenge is to even have someone help you, right? That's the first thing. And the hardest person to hire is the first person for several reasons. One is that you are still an unproven business. So someone who comes to you and works for you believes in you that you are going to turn this into something and they will actually have a stable job. And that's not an obvious thing. And, and therefore, it's really hard to find someone good initially. Plus, you're worried about giving, handing over a big part of your compensation to that person. You're concerned about whether they even going to be able to do this thing and they might even create more work for you in the short term because you will have to train them. Uh, so there are a lot of concerns about that. And the first person is the biggest check that you have to hand out proportional to your income. It's the hardest to find a good person and it's going to be the biggest risk for you to train that person. So that's the, that's the biggest challenge. 
getting the first person. But when you have one a person that you can really work with and can trust and can delegate things, then it becomes easier. Then you get the next person, next person. Then the next ceiling is going to come when you are no longer able to manage all these people. You will have to have those people manage other people. And then you will have to train them to become leaders and managers. And that's going to be another challenge. You're going to have to manage those people. Let's say you have six or seven and you no longer can manage more. And then you'll have to have those people lead others and you have to get them to a position that they can do that. And that's a challenge. And then there are other challenges as as the organization becomes more complex. You have to systemize things. You have to create processes so that you create consistency and bring other people in. And then you have multiple people and then you have to take care of your people and you have to create a culture to make sure that your ideas are perpetuated in the business and other people are going to behave the way that you want them to behave and essentially project your culture out to the marketplace, to the, you know, to potential hirees and so on. And that's creating that that organization that becomes a, a valuable organization. I can see how your involvement is so crucial to that process. It is crucial. The way to do this is to figure out what are the elements of what you do. So let's say you you create jewelry, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's an artistic process. And and, and probably there are multiple stages of creating the jewelry. You have to design it. You have to come up with an idea. You have to do your market research. Then you design it. Then you produce it. Then you deliver it uh, to people. Then you market it. So there are many, many different phases. I'm, I'm just assuming mm-hmm. uh, that you have to deal with. And what's important is that figure out what is the easiest piece to teach to someone or to have someone else do and document that process because that person, uh, they're not going to get it. Uh, right off the bat, unless they are super uh, smart, in which case you probably can't afford them. You have to make sure that you uh, communicate it very clearly what they have to do, document the process, to teach them how to do it, make sure that they uh, deliver the right quality and keep the rest of the things that are harder to delegate. And if they do it right, then you can take another piece off and let's say first it's going to be the production of the of the jewelry. And then maybe it's going to be the, I don't know, the logistic piece. And then maybe the marketing piece or maybe the design and then the marketing is going to be the last one that you can delegate you also have to do it in a cost efficient way you have to figure out how you farm it out and still not lose all the profit right exactly that's also going to be a challenge you have to find an affordable resource who can still competently do it and in a time efficient way so you have to give them enough work so that they are invested in working with you it's worth their while to to learn this thing and, and to do it this is a service that you offer, but along with that, you also wrote a book. Is that something that is somewhat self-guided? So if somebody's maybe looking to either hire you or wants to start with reading the book, would the book offer the same type of guidelines? So uh, the book uh, is titled Bible, uh, Bible, your guide to building a self-managing, fast-growing and high-profit business. It is targeted at uh, business owners who have 10 to 250 employees, typically. It can be useful for, for people with fewer employees. And and what the, the book describes is the whole process of creating a business and using it as a vehicle to reach your ideal life. That's the whole idea is. So if you're an entrepreneur, why are you an entrepreneur? It's 
is this, are you living your ideal life already? Uh, is your ideal life running this thing and building the jewelry or whatever it is? In most cases, it's not because, uh, yes, maybe you're passionate about jewelry. I'm sorry, I'm not picking on you. <laughs> <Just using this. laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so maybe you're passionate or, or you know, you're, 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 you're a carpenter and you're passionate about carpentry and you just want to do this thing. You don't want a business. You just want to be a carpenter, right? But if you want a business, then, okay, which part do you like about the business? Is it about the carpentry? Is it about marketing it? Is it about growing the business? Is it about thinking about the strategy, how you can differentiate yourself from other marketers, or other uh, carpenters? So what is your ideal thing? Or is it, or are you just doing carpentry because you really, what you really want to do is you want to run a charitable organization, you know, planting trees in in Africa, and this is just what you do in the meantime. So figure out what your ideal life is, or is it just you know being and raising a family, or is it is it pursuing your hobbies, whatever it is. Figure out what it is, and then I've got some tools that I offer my readers. There are some calculators you can actually calculate how much money you would need to get to your ideal life. I call it the magic number, and from then you can work backwards. There's another calculator I call it the value and growth calculator, which allows you to value business now and figure out the value of the business you need to reach in order to harvest your magic number from it and live your ideal life. So you can calculate where you are, where you need to get to. You will see what your time horizon is and how much growth you need to generate in your business. And when you got this figured out, let's say you want to get to, I don't know, $5 million in 10 years and you need to grow your business by 25% a year to get there. Then you go to the next phase. The next phase is orchestrating your business. And orchestrating your business means that you are going to implement a seven man management concepts in your business that are all the big companies, big successful companies are using as well, but you as a small business can also use. So you implement these seven management concepts, which will allow you to, to create the, the foundation, the direction and the production in your company. So you figure out who you are, where you want to go and how you're going to go about it. And then you can pick a management blueprint, I call them. So I, I spoke about the E-Myth, which was the first management blueprint, how you can build a successful business. In my book, I talk about nine others. So there, you know, there are three generations of management blueprints. You can pick one or you can pick a combination. And there are tools. There are actual practical tools that will help you implement these concepts in your business that will create a business which is self-managing, which is growing, which is profitable. And when you've done that, if you already reached the value you're shooting for, you can go to phase four. If you haven't reached it yet, then you can drive the growth further. There are other tools that I speak about. So you can increase your profitability your growth, and so on. And phase four is to harvest your business. So I talk about ways of monetizing your business. You can sell it. You can have an investor. You can just harvest it from from the profits and dividends. And then you transition. So how do you transition out of your business to your ideal life, which may be inside the business, maybe outside the business. And I talk about the mental game, what it looks like as an entrepreneur when you let go of your business. What does it feel like? What do you have to think about? What do you have to be prepared for? And then how do you make the transition so that it's actually going to be a fulfilling transition rather than, you know, falling off a big cliff and falling into irrelevance? Because I've seen some of my former clients who sold their business and they kind of fell into irrelevance and they actually had a really bad time because they no longer were this business owner. They no longer were employing a bunch of people. They were not as important anymore. And they had to start from scratch to do something else, which was really small initially. And that can be a hard transition. So it's a lot of words. 
but figure out where you want to get to, calculate what you need, orchestrate your business, and then harvest your business and transition to this ideal life. And that's what the book is about. Oh, that's awesome. I feel like every small business owner has an idea of what they want to do and for how long, but I feel like we might be forgetting about phase four, you know, of the idea that maybe at some point after all of these years of having your business, instead of just closing up your shop, maybe it's a good idea to consider selling it. And that's something that I think most recently I've been thinking about because my kids are going to be off to college soon. My son is already in college. Then my daughter is going off to college. I don't think she wants to take on my jewelry Mm -hmm. business. And I was thinking, well, at some point I probably should consider this because there's only so much I'll be able to do and for so long. So that was something that didn't really creep into my mind until a couple of years ago. And I thought, well, this is an incredible thought to be able to sell something that you've invested so much time into. Yeah. And think of it this way, you know, as entrepreneurs, we create a business and we put so much of of our emotional energy in it, our time, our ideas, and we don't want it to dwindle and and perish, right? It's it's like a baby. Right. uh, We love it and we don't want it to die after we are gone. And guess what? Uh, Nine out of 10 companies die when their founder is gone. They don't become sustainable businesses. And and that's, that's such a shame. I think this is a huge loss because small businesses drive uh, economic growth. And when you have basically a 90% failure rate, then you miss out on a lot of job creation and a lot of growth. And most businesses can actually be uh, made sustainable. So I talked about the seven management concepts. So if you implement those, and this is not rocket science, it's just you have to know what they are and you know how to do it. If you implement those, you organize your business, you make sure you have a culture, you have a structure, you have a vision, you have a strategy, you execute, you know how to execute your strategy, you know how to create processes, and you know how to create alignment so that everyone is rowing in the same direction. If you do these things, then this business is going to be sustainable. It's not going to disappear with you. Maybe someone else is going to buy it, or maybe it's going to continue with a different management, and you will have created something permanent uh, that's going to live on and it's, it's a legacy, basically. We, we have the opportunity to create a legacy. So that's why I'm so excited about this whole idea of creating these sustainable businesses. It can be a huge driver. I, I just calculated the other day that if we could get these 90% of these businesses not die, we could actually lift the US GDP, the gross domestic product, by 35%, just in one fell swoop. And then uh-huh. if, if the new businesses would not die either, it would actually... Uh, add another 4% to our annual GDP, we could be growing at 7% a year. We would be bigger than China. We could grow faster than China if we could figure this out. And actually, it is figured out. It just has to be done. And most uh, entrepreneurs don't do it because they are individualists and they don't want help. They want to figure it out themselves or they don't even know that help exists. So that's kind of my mission to, to let people know that, hey, there is help. And this can be done. It's actually been figured out the last 100 years. There are the seven management concepts. You just have to follow these concepts and just operate using them, leverage them. And uh, then you'll have a great business, which is going to be self-managing, growing, profitable, and it can be around forever. Maybe part of a, a different, uh, bigger organization, but but it's not going to disappear. If you could kind of take a look at phase four as being the ultimate goal, I mean, not that you, you know, you're not going to put your business on that track per se right away. Maybe, maybe it takes a while for you to develop 
like the idea that someday maybe you'll sell it. I feel like you're going to keep everything better organized and you're going to have better targets than if you were just creating just for the sake of creating. It just seems like it's so much better to have that plan in place before you get too far into it. Yeah. Begin with the end of mind, end in mind. And it's not about, so the, the reason I titled my book buyable rather than sellable, because it's not about selling the business. It's about creating a business that is valuable, that's sustainable, that's self-managing. That is like, it's like a child. When you bring a child into the world, they are dependent on you, right? For the first 18 years, however many years. Right. And then they go to college and they don't depend on you anymore. And they come to their own. And as parents, I mean, you, you have college-age kids. Of course, it pains us that they're no longer around. And that's kind of a hard transition. I'm going through that now as well. But on the other hand, it makes me so happy that they, they can be successful on their own. They don't need me. They figure out you know, they get a job and, and, and they can do a lot of things better than I can. So that's the same thing with entrepreneurship. If you can create that business, look at Steve Jobs. He created this business and he died in 2011 and the business had quadrupled its value since so most of its value been created since he died but wow. he put such a team together that they can do it without him and they can come up with new products which are equally successful as the iphone they got the the airpod and they got this home pod and all these new products that they got and the company's worth more than a trillion dollars because he created a self-sustaining business which works without him. That's that's the genius. And that's that's what we want here, really. For sure. I mean, it's like you were saying, it's such a shame when you put so much time, energy, and really love into your business. And then all of a yeah. sudden it, it you know fizzles out because you didn't have the right things in place. Can you tell me, Steve, when your book is scheduled to come out and where we can buy it? The book is coming out June 1st. It's already available on pre-order. I've got the Kindle, the paperback, the hardback, and the audiobook. So everything is, is on Amazon. So Steve played a buyable and check it out. If you're as impatient as I am and you don't <laughs> want to wait for the launch date, mm -hmm. then you can go on buyablebusiness.com and you can download the first 40 pages for free uh, just by giving me your email address. And, uh, and then I'll keep you updated of when the book is coming out and any talks I'm doing. And if you're even more impatient and you want <laughs> to know whether your business is viable or how you're doing on the six factors of viability with your business, then you can check out viabilityassessment.com and you uh, can do a survey. There are 40 questions I'm asking you and it takes you 10 minutes and then you get a full report on the six factors of viability. How strong are you on each of the individual factors and what do you need to take as a next step to become stronger. So you can do that uh, right away and, and let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you guys. Well, where can we find and connect with you? So I'm on LinkedIn. That's where I live, LinkedIn. So Steve Preda, and you'll, you'll see my banner has the book. So you can't miss it. And I'm also on other uh, social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. So yes, please uh, check me out. Uh, would love to connect with you. Awesome. Well, I'll have all the links in the show notes. Well, thank you, Steve. This was so much fun. Thank you, Maria. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another incredible CEO sharing his passion to help you create a more profitable and viable business. I love that Steve encourages business owners to implement his viable approach early in the game. By doing so, you will discover greater profits and realize that maybe you don't want to sell your business, but if you do, you will have a viable business. 
Visit the show notes to take the free quiz to see where your business is at. I'll also have the link for Steve's new book, Buyable. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 